some people are calling it historic. President Biden's coronavirus relief bill includes major changes to the child tax credit, changes that could raise millions of kids out of poverty. It'll cost $110 billion, and it's only going to last a year. But Democrats are banking on the plan being so popular that they'll have the votes to make it permanent. Today, poverty's effects on kids' health and how cash could help them live longer. From the studio at the Leonard Davis Institute at the University of Pennsylvania, I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. When Jewel Frazier was a kid growing up in Boston, life was hard. Her mother worked the occasional small job. You know, there were some days where she had to pay rent or she had to pay gas. There were some times where we didn't have gas or electricity. Jewel did her best to pretend she wasn't poor. She remembers coming up with a plan in eighth grade to prove it to her classmates. I asked my mom to bring some lunch for me at school to cook some macaroni and some chicken for me and my friends. Um, My mom said she was going to come. Jewel bragged how her mom was a great cook. So I can impress my friends. And in my mind, it's like, yeah, we're really not poor. You know, my mom's showing up. She's bringing food. But her mom didn't always show up when she said she would. As it got closer to lunchtime, Jewel called. No answer. She called again. Nothing. I'm ashamed, now I'm embarrassed in front of my friends because, you know, people kind of joke and, you know, your mom, you really don't have no food. You're on food stamps and, you know, where's your mom at? Why your mom didn't show up? You know, and the fact that my mom didn't show up, it's just like, oh boy. That's the day, Jewel says, she knew. That time for me really, really sticks out because it was just things that I tried. I tried to mask just not being poor or looking poor or acting poor, if you will. But at that very moment, I just knew, like, all right, there's no more masking or covering or hiding. You're poor. Jewel's mom didn't show up because she'd had an accident falling and breaking her ankle. Soon after that, her mom had an issue with their landlord. The family was evicted, moved into a shelter for a while, losing the few things they brought with them. More than 10 million kids in the U.S. live below the poverty line today. That's about 28000 for a family of four in an average-cost city. President Biden plans to cut that number almost in half for this year. It appears that the House has just passed President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. Health is on the way. Half of America's children who are in poverty will not be in poverty because of this bill. Help is on the way. The expanded child tax credit passed this week by Congress will go a long ways toward doing that. The expansion represents a major change. Currently, you don't get any benefit until you hit a certain income threshold. Then, the more you make, the more you get. Up to a point. The max is $2,000 per kid. Higher income families get the credit as a tax reduction. Poor families who don't make enough can get some of that money as a refund. Today, 27 million kids get a partial credit or no credit at all, says Chuck Marr, who we spoke to by phone. 
So roughly half of the black children in the country, roughly half of the Latino children in the country, roughly half of children living in rural areas don't receive the full amount because their parents don't make enough money. Chuck is at the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, a left-leaning think tank in Washington. He's one of the people calling this moment historic. This is a major, major reduction in child poverty. That's because the expanded child tax credit is no longer tied to work. No job requirements, no income thresholds. And it turns a once-a-year tax credit into a monthly check. 300 bucks for every kid under 6, 250 for kids aged 6 to 17. Researchers at Columbia University project these changes to the child tax credit will lift more than 4 million kids above the poverty line. We know a lot about the effects poverty has on health. Researchers have shown living in poverty can cause cognitive and physical harm. A groundbreaking 2016 paper from Stanford found the richest men live 15 years longer than the poorest men in the U.S., while the richest American women live 10 years longer than the poorest women. Many lasting effects occur early in life. One of the biggest culprits, a lack of healthy food. Deborah Frank says the first three years of a child's life are a uniquely vulnerable time. Think about a baby. They're all head. Deborah is the founding director of the GROW Clinic at Boston Medical Center, a clinic for malnourished kids, and she's a retired professor of child health and well-being at Boston University School of Medicine. The brain goes to two-thirds of an adult's size in the first year of life, so the rapidly growing part of the organism is the most vulnerable part of the organism. Deborah explains brains cannot store calories. They need a constant supply of nutrients to build all of the connections that help us function. A hungry brain has a hard time regulating things like behavior, emotion, and attention. When these kids grow up, she says, the evidence is clear that they face all sorts of problems. Well, they're everything you can name, okay? Heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, learning disabilities, attention deficit, depression, poverty, hurts. Deborah saw it all the time. In the mom who couldn't afford shampoo for her child's lice. In the mom who couldn't afford to wash the bed bugs out of the sheets. I remember once a mom had come into the office to talk to the social worker, and I said, oh, well, the two boys can sit out here for a little bit. And then the little one started to cry. And I went out, and the older one was sort of sitting there looking like he didn't know the kid. She thought she knew what had just happened. The older brother popped his younger brother. I went over, and I put my arm around the little kid, and I said, what's the matter? And he just said, I'm so hungry. And the big kid was even more embarrassed. It wasn't that he'd hit the kid. is that the little kid didn't have the restraint not to share the family secret. An estimated 13 million kids may face hunger because of the pandemic, according to the National Food Bank Feeding America. Biden's relief package also boosts benefits to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, through September. When Jewel lost her job as a residential counselor at a therapeutic school for girls, she was a single mom of an 18-month-old. She fast learned how to stretch her $150 a month in SNAP benefits. I didn't personally like hot dogs, but if that's what my daughter liked and I thought was good enough for her at that moment, you know, I made a meal that was rice and hamburger. That's not what I typically like to eat, but that's something that you create and you put together when you're going through a struggle to stretch meals. Jewel got good at stretch-it meals. 
but $150 a month for food meant everything had to line up just right to make it through the month. Towards the end of the month, you know, you lose food. You, you know, you may have a day where your family comes over and you cook what you have for everyone and that, you know, leaves you with less. Lots of people go through what I went through. Those months, dinner might just be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Whatever there was, Jewel made her daughter the priority. There was some times where if there just wasn't enough, maybe sometimes I wouldn't eat, you know? As long as I made sure that my child ate was all that I was concerned about. When we come back, what the research says about whether cash improves health, toxic stress, and Jewel's housing crisis. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Growing up poor is bad for a kid's health. Starting from day one, low-income kids are more likely to be born at low birth weights, die in their first year of life, or require medical attention. Berkeley economist Hillary Hoyne says decades worth of evidence shows that this expanded child tax credit is a good antidote. There's been a real accumulated amount of evidence that shows that greater resources lead to meaningful and important improvements in health and economic well-being in the longer term. Hillary co-authored a seminal 2019 study from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine that found, in part, cash has improved child well-being. She admits some of their findings seem like common sense. You know what? When children eat better, they end up healthier. And if you were to say that to your mother, she'd be like, that's what you spend all day working on, honey? No offense, darling, but that seems pretty obvious. And she's right. It is obvious. But we didn't know this. The list of what we know is impressive and long. Giving cash improves the mental and physical health of moms and kids. It increases the chance of finishing high school and going to college. And it may lower the rates of chronic conditions down the road, like heart disease, diabetes, and hypertension. We do have a small number of research studies that show that more resources in childhood leads to lower chronic conditions in adulthood. For example, poor children with asthma in the U.S. were more likely to be in poor health five years later compared to children from wealthier families over that same time period. The country as a whole spends more than half a trillion dollars every year treating diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Hillary says it's an important new area of study. But it all points in the direction of having meaningful reductions in chronic conditions. But we still have more to learn. 
Tara Hayes agrees with the goals of a revamped child tax credit. She wants to see fewer children grow up in poverty, but she says the surest way to improve child health, pour it into moms and babies. And the earlier that we do all that we can to improve the health of the child, the better. And so really that starts in the womb. Tara is with the right-leaning American Action Forum. And like many conservative critics, she's troubled by the idea of cutting monthly checks to parents with no strings attached. It's a policy, she believes, that risks leaving people satisfied with the status quo, either out of work or locked in low-wage, dead-end jobs. And it really is increasing self-reliance and self-sufficiency that is what drives people out of poverty. Tara prefers the Earned Income Tax Credit Program, where the size of the benefit grows the more a person earns. I don't think many people really just sit and try to figure out how to not work, but I just think having programs that push people in that direction can be beneficial. Evidence shows the Earned Income Tax Credit has driven more single mothers into the labor market, though researchers found little effect on men and a small drop in the number of married mothers who worked. At the same time, researchers in Canada found no decrease in employment after implementing a nearly identical plan to Biden's back in 2016, and recent experiments with cash payments in the U.S. have shown no effect and even a boost to employment. Berkeley economist Hillary Hoynes marvels at how much we've learned about the importance of more financial resources on kids' health, especially early in life. 20, 30 years ago, that research didn't exist. I think there was one study that showed that greater cash benefits led to reductions in low birth weight. One critical advancement, she says, financial security can help treat what's called toxic stress. Newer research has shown people who live in a near-constant state of worry over things like employment, safety, or money are more likely to have health problems. That means you're more likely to develop chronic conditions and to die sooner. Hillary says a 2014 paper found that a bump in income actually led people's health to improve. Which suggests that these chronic stress physiological conditions can in fact be improved with greater resources. Housing concerns took up a lot of Jewel Frazier's time this past year. She's now 36 and living with her two teenage girls in Boston. Jewel was laid off from her temp job at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center just as COVID hit. She has a Section 8 housing voucher, and she sent in all of her paperwork to the housing office explaining she'd lost her income and needed her rent adjusted. But she says she couldn't get a hold of anybody. Finally, I received an eviction notice. I received a um, notice to quit. Again, I do what I'm supposed to do. And now I'm in jeopardy of losing, of losing housing in a pandemic with two kids. And I'm just like, no, this just can't be. Jewel says it took 11 months to sort out. It was the kind of stress that makes it almost impossible to think about anything else. Make plans, enjoy time with the kids. Under the expanded child tax credit, Jewel's going to have a bit more cushion. She's eligible to get $500 a month starting in July. How do you think it would affect your mental and your physical health if you've got less money stress? Oh my goodness. I mean, less money stress? I think you could be normal, if you will. You know, I just think that people 
who are in poverty or, you know, you're in this certain type of space. <laughs> you know, you just feel like you're always scrounging around and try to make it work. You got to rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, it's just, it, it's a lot. So I think you would feel a little normal. You won't feel so worried. You won't feel so scared. You won't feel so stressed. Jewel's not sure how she's going to spend the money. She's back at work on another healthcare job. Maybe she'll start a college account for her daughters, a savings account for emergencies, or use it as a down payment to launch her own business. Whatever she does, Jewel says it's going to be an investment in them. Life is really all about, it's all about you, but when you have kids, it becomes all about them and making sure that their future is going to be bright. I'm Dan Gorenstein, and this is Tradeoffs. And a quick request. We want to hear from you about an episode that we're working on. Tell us what questions you have about the coronavirus, the vaccines, the variants, the research, the change in restrictions. Record a voice memo on your phone with your name and your question and email it to us at info at tradeoffs.org. We might pose your question to one of the top COVID reporters in the business, New York Times health and science reporter Apurva Mandavili. Again, you can send your questions to info at tradeoffs.org. And thanks. If you enjoyed today's episode of Tradeoffs, keep in touch with us between episodes by signing up for our newsletter. Click on the link in the show notes or on the big orange button at the top of our website, tradeoffs.org. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at TradeoffsPod. Tradeoffs is produced by Christine Fennessy and Ryan Levy, Chief of Strategy and Operations Jessica Silverman, Operations Assistant Jamie Song, Sound Designer Andrew Perella, and Senior Producer Leslie Walker. The Tradeoffs theme song was composed by Ty Sitterman with additional music this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. Additional thanks to Regina Baker, Cara Beldari, Michelle Delafour, Megan Corinne, Irma Ello, Dr. Deborah Frank, Jewel Frazier, Erwin Garfinkel, Sam Hammond, Tara Hayes, Hilary Hoynes, Elaine Mogg, Chuck Marr, Mark Stabile, Angela Rashidi, Robert Rector, and the Tradeoffs Advisory Board. Thanks also to all our listeners who help to support our work, including Ellen Dykstra, Robert Geddes, and Gail Eidman. Tradeoffs is supported in part by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Arnold Ventures, the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics at the University of Pennsylvania, West Health, the California Healthcare Foundation, and the National Institute for Healthcare Management. The views expressed in this episode are those of the individuals and not those of Tradeoffs staff, advisors, or funders. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.